a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. Live Mike, I'm Lee Lonsberry. 12.51 is the news time here at KSL. And I, I believe it's the time everywhere, at least in this time zone. Is that right? Uh, I'm new to time. Uh, listen, when I, I've told you this story a few times in the past. I, I think it was my one and only uh, foray into the world of protesting. Yeah, I was, uh, I was in junior high, and there was this kid on the varsity basketball team named Zach. And he was like the cool kid. Right, He was the kid that all of us youngsters wanted to be like, wanted to hang out with him, and uh, he was on the basketball team, star of the basketball team, scoring all kinds of points. He was big, tall. He could, he could slam dunk, right? <laughs> and see another high school kid uh, slam dunk. That was pretty cool. Well, anyway, uh, he got himself into some trouble uh, at one point. I don't remember if it was academic or what it was, but for whatever reason, he was benched, not able to play with the rest of the boys on the varsity team, and somehow... The idea gets spread around the building that we are going to, as students, participate in a sit-in. Yeah, that uh, my school where I went to, it was, uh, it was a small school. There weren't very many of us. And so lunchtime, uh, it was the entire student body in one big giant cafeteria. And when the bell rang and it came time for us to return to our classrooms for, uh, you know, whatever learning was scheduled for uh, after lunch, we decided collectively that no... We were going to make our voices heard, and we were going to stay. We, we, we hosted a sit-in, right? Because we wanted Zach to play. Well, guess what? <laughs> we were all sent back to our classrooms uh, under threat of uh, detention. Uh, Zach did not play that weekend, and I think uh, sat out a few games after that, and we did not get our way. Uh, the, the, the truth is, we had no idea what we were protesting. We had no idea what was going on. We had no idea the circumstances between, uh, you know, the coach and Zach, what he had done, nothing. We just got excited about doing something. And so we did it. The reason I tell you that story is uh, because it immediately jumped to mind when I saw uh, a headline uh, for an article written by Marjorie Cortez in the Deseret News. The headline reads, this Utah high schooler wants 16-year-olds to be able to vote in local school board elections. Now, this, this, uh, the high schooler is not your run-of-the-mill high schooler. Uh, her name is Erin uh, Dottie Uman. She is a non-voting student member of the Salt Lake City School Board of Education. Uh, the, the board is made up of you know, the, the folks that you see in the Zoom meetings these days, the ones making decisions about whether or not uh, folks are going to go back to school or not uh, in, the, in the Salt Lake City school district. And that board uh, also has uh, a slot or two for, for students to have their voices heard. Now, I've talked about this principle, too, in the past about having a voice uh, versus having a vote. Uh, this student and others on the board have a voice. They can certainly speak to the board members, uh, but they don't have uh, the ability to vote. But it is that ability to vote 
more specifically, that ability extended to 16 and 17 year olds uh, that this student would like for for those youngsters to be able to vote for the actual members of the school board. Uh, This conversation took place uh, earlier today on uh, Dave and Debbie's program. Uh, Fascinating conversation. I welcome Dave uh, to to my program here to continue the conversation. Uh, Dave, let me just first and foremost ask you, uh, is this a good idea or a bad idea? I love 16-year-olds. Yeah, okay. I love 16-year-olds. It's a terrible idea. (laughs) <laughs> I've got a 16-year-old. Yeah. I remember being a 16-year-old, and we made some pretty terrible decisions at that age. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I Like, Zach's probably stabbing puppies, and you're like, let Zach play! <laughs> exactly. We had no idea, and still to this day, have not yet learned. I'm going to have to text one of my old high school friends and see if we ever learned actually what happened. But you're exactly right. It may have been something terrible, egregious, and he should have been maybe expelled, not just uh, sat on the bench for a couple games. Um, so, so bad idea, then. You, you, you're aware of the 16-year-old, 17-year-old mentality, and they're not qualified to, to vote for school board members? And this is what was so difficult, is when, you talk to, uh, when we talk to Arundhati, she's amazing. I would let her vote. Yeah, 100%. And there's some adults that I don't want voting. But the problem is not all 16-year-olds are built the same. Right. Right. Some are totally locked on. Some are totally invested. But then you've got 12 kids that are sleeping in the back of the classroom. Mm-hmm. That's what a vote means. There, I, I'm with you. I'm with you like 99%. There's this 1%, uh, though, that still kind of needles me. Uh, I, I come from a family uh, where many, my sister, uh, two bro- three brothers-in-law, my father, my grandfather, they're all members of the military. And you can sign up. You can join. You can enlist. You can seek a commission at 18 years old. Uh, and yet uh, here in the United States, for the most part, uh, you're not able to, to drink until you're 21. Uh, in some places, you can uh, – well, let me back up a little bit. You can join at 17. There are opportunities to join the military at 17, and yet the ability to vote for those folks is – you don't have it. You can't vote uh, you know, at 17. That's the only area where I might see some movement in my attitude. If somehow maybe joining the military grants you the ability – uh, to 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 vote because yeah. essentially what they're communicating is a willingness to and you've heard this argument before uh, put on the uniform fight and maybe die for their country and yet uh, they are restricted the ability to vote for their leaders specifically specifically the commander in chief uh, over the military I think that they're in that setting in in terms of the larger question of voting rights and the age uh, if there was some way to allow those 17 year olds who have joined the military to vote I, I'd be open to that beyond that though I'm 100% with you. The 16-year-old mind is not ready. It's not fully developed. I think there are some scientists that might agree with that. So do you let the 17-year-old military kids smoke and drink? Like, this is the problem with numbers. And, yeah. and whenever we want to change the number, well, okay, say we move it back to 16. What about a 15-year-old? What about a 14-year-old? What about a 9-year-old? Yeah. Like at some point you've got to draw a line, and I think the most reasonable line is 18 because that is the most widely accepted age of adulthood. Absolutely. And I don't know how you make the discussion or make the argument that a 16-year-old is a yes, but a freshman in high school that is 15 or even 14 is a no. They're still in the school. They're still invested. Some of them may be completely and totally prepared and even more prepared than adults, but 
largely you just have to draw a line. And if you're going to change the boundaries, if you're going to change and move the goalposts, I need a great, great reason why. Yeah, exactly. The, the age of majority is baked into our society. Yes. Uh, it is It is absolutely something that is accepted broadly. And so, too, I think, at least it used to be accepted, that you live life in stages, right? And it, when you are 14, 15, 9, 10, 11, 12, b- before you are of the age of majority, you are still in a developmental stage. You are. St- I, we all accept that. Uh, it's not that young people are some sort of protected class. This isn't a civil rights issue. This isn't a women's issue. This is a, a, a scientific reality that young people are still developing. And we have in almost all corners of society and law and education and familial makeup, 18 is when you become an adult. And before that, you are preparing to become an adult. And it's adults who I think should be voting. Totally agree. Dave, thank you so much. Uh, enjoy your program. Enjoy this conversation greatly. We're going to take a break here in just a moment. When we return, uh, we're going to shift gears pretty dramatically and have a look at Republican politics, specifically specifically Republican presidential politics. Uh, it is all but certain that Joe Biden will be the next president. Who runs in 2024? That's next on Live Mike. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.